0: Collected wisdom. I took an authentic happiness inventory online today, which compared my relative happiness to that of 120,000 other respondents. It's a legit survey put together by Dr. Martin Seligman of the University of Pennsylvania's Positive Psychology Center. I got a 3.74 out of 5. Hmm. I think of myself as a 4.3. But I know that comparison is the thief of joy, so I take my 3.74 and make the most of it. The good doctor did a TED Talk in 2004, a million years ago, about what a happy life actually looks like. He came up with three versions, the pleasant life, the engaged life, and the meaningful life. The pleasant life is dedicated to the pursuit of pleasure, which reminds me of some of my pursuits in the 80s. I'm pleased to say that I was not arrested in pursuit of these pleasures. The engaged life is one filled with satisfying activities like writing and taking care of the neighbor's chickens. The meaningful life is one of connectedness to a greater whole. This is the gold standard. Someone who is woken in the middle of the night in Vermont by the smell of smoke from the fires currently rampaging through Northern California is probably considered to be living the meaningful life. Dr. Seligman lists no wonderful life, sorry, George Bailey, and no wonderful world, sorry, Louis Armstrong. I firmly believe that a sense of wonder brings joy to meaningfulness and disagree with these exclusions. But collected wisdom, neuroscience, and the Dalai Lama concur that connectedness to the greater whole makes our lives richer and more worth living. When we feel that our lives contribute to the greater good of the planet and its inhabitants, bingo, we've got it going on. Alan Watts called it the ultimate mystery. He also said that trying to define yourself is like trying to bite your own teeth. I can imagine his smiling bearded face and almost hear his smiling British accent as I write this. I have a serious crush on Alan Watts, which is weird because he died in 1973, but I have transferred that crush onto someone I know who attended his talks way back when in San Francisco. Is this transference? I don't know the mystery of psychology. Alan Watts also said that the deepest metaphysical secret is that for every outside, there is an inside, and for every inside, there is an outside. And though they are different, they go together. Ah, more connectedness. Alan Watts gets a spot in the collected wisdom bucket. Perhaps bucket is too small a container for this collection. Perhaps pool is better, as in pool of knowledge, or ocean, as in ocean of tears, for tears must be part of collected wisdom. After all, life is not all beer and Skittles. I remember the final exam Mr. Pearson gave us in freshman English at the end of school, at the end of the school year. It was a one-question, multiple-choice exam. I chose C. Life is not all beer and Skittles. Collected wisdom might not condone my defining something so monumental by pointing out what it is not, but the Upanishads define Purusha, the pure essence of the self and the universal principle that is eternal, indestructible, and all-pervasive, by defining what it is not, they say, as if the Upanishads were a bunch of guys sitting around in harem pants smoking roll-your-owns, that if you can define it, it is not Purusha. I guess collected wisdom changes over time. Collected wisdom has had more time and more things to collect now than it did, say, in the 13th century. And as we know, change is the only constant. Alan Watts said that the only way to make sense of change is to plunge into it, move with it, and join the dance. Ah, I can see him now sitting at the edge of the ocean of collected wisdom in one of those elevated lifeguard chairs like you see down the shore in New Jersey, under a big beach umbrella, looking out onto the waves of change. Be still, my heart.